0: It is Sunday, April 26, 2015. This is u 62 the Targ. Let's do it. As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. All right, here it comes. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears. Right about now. Why, what a little deep inside some electronics, broadcasting to the world through the miracle of the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is U62 The Tar. <laughs> now your host, a man with a lifelong dream of getting paid to do this, Mark Capas. On this week's show, complaining about technology, Spider-Man animated, thoughts on Daredevil, and the whale returns to West Edmonton Mall. It's episode 8.06, Lower Levels Love Me. So sit back, relax, grab yourself some warm root beer and a towel that's oh so fluffy. U62 the Targ, you're in for something special. Enjoy the show. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Capis here, and welcome to this week's episode of the Targ. I'm feeling kind of down right now, you know, there I was last night, sitting in front of the TV, getting ready to watch a Blu-ray, I put the Blu-ray in my Blu-ray player, and the disc wouldn't play anymore. And because it's Blu-ray, and Blu-ray does a lot of, like, JavaScript and downloading updates, I can't help but think, is is this a software problem? Did my Blu-ray player download a bad update? Then I look it up online, and I find there hasn't been an update for my Blu-ray player in over three years. And since this Blu-ray is younger than three years, I know that probably wasn't it. And so it's just, uh, it bugs me, it bugs me, you know? You want to watch the movie, you pull it off the shelf, the whole reason of buying it is so you can watch it whenever you want. I put it in the player, it runs the loading screen for that Blu-ray, then it goes to a black screen, and then that's it. Very frustrating. Granted, I also have it on DVD so I could watch the DVD. I did acquire a free digital copy so I could watch it streaming online, but that's not the point. The point is, I want the technology to work when I want it to. Maybe it's about time I buy another Blu-ray player. I didn't have these problems when DVD was my primary home media format because I had three DVD players. I'm still trying to figure out how that happened. You know, when DVD was new and exciting back in the early 2000s, I bought my first DVD player. And that was my primary DVD player until I replaced it with the Blu-ray about five years ago then when I first moved out of my parents place I wanted a VCR for those VHS tapes I still own and watch so I wanted a VCR but the only one I could find was one of those DVD VCR combo units so that was DVD player number two and then I had a handful of Japanese DVDs that I brought back from Japan with me. I was trying to figure out how to play them. Then many friends told me that if you want to play international DVDs, you got to go to like an outlet store and buy the cheapest of the cheap DVD players, some brand you would never heard of. Because one of the reasons why they make them so cheap is they don't include the chip that reads the region codes. So I went down to the bargain store and I got myself a Diamond Vision DVD player for 20 bucks. And... That was DVD player number three. Again, the Japanese DVDs play fine on that. So maybe it's time I start investing in a second Blu-ray player. Then when I have problems like this, I can try it in the second player and make sure that's the problem. Blu-ray players have really come down in price now, too. You can get a very top-of-the-line model for under 100 bucks. So, yeah, and under 100 bucks, that's what happened to the Apple TV, too. Been here are speculating that a new Apple TV might be on the horizon. I'm kind of disappointed with that because I finally broke down and bought myself an Apple TV last year. For those who don't know, Apple TV, that's Apple's set-top box. You plug it into your flat-screen TV and that lets you do your Netflix and uh, YouTube and all that. There's lots of set-top boxes out there, but I went with the Apple TV because the Apple TV lets you stream stuff off of your home computer. So all of the stuff I acquire through creative means, i.e. downloading, I can stream that to my TV and watch it on my TV. And now with everyone speculating that we might be getting a new Apple TV released this summer... I can get behind that actually because as much as I love my Apple TV, the streaming video apps aren't the best. It only comes with like two dozen pre-installed. So the rumor is the new Apple TV that comes along, it will actually have Apple's App Store. And all the streaming video apps you can find on your iPhone or iPad, you'll finally be able to download them to your Apple TV and watch stuff on TV. So that might be a necessary upgrade, presuming of course that's it's reasonably priced. I mean, the Apple TV, before they slashed the price, it was only around 100 bucks, and that wasn't too bad, so we'll have to wait and see what the summer brings. Until then, if I want to watch The Muppets, I guess I'm reduced to DVD or online streaming. You're listening to Mark Kappas. Are you not entertained? No! Do it, Dad! On U62. The Targ. So let's talk Spider Man for a minute. Looks like we're going to get two competing Spider Man franchises. So, as we all know, a few months ago, Sony announced they were giving the rights to Spider Man back to Marvel. Spider Man can finally show up in the Marvel movies, Spider Man alongside the Avengers. It was a day the geeks had long wanted coming. But, but, When they announced that, Sony said, technically, we still own the rights to Spider-Man, so we're still going to soldier on with all the Spider-Man spin-offs we've been planning. And they just kind of made that official earlier this week. Sony announced they are going to be producing a Spider-Man animated film from the creators of the Lego movie, and that's going to be coming along in the summer of 2018. You know, on the one hand, I love superheroes in animation. If there's any animated superhero movie coming along, you can bet I'm going down to the theater to see it. Incredibles was awesome. Uh, Big Hero Six, fantastic. Mega Mind got me back into DreamWorks, and I think the animated TMNT film was probably the best Ninja Turtles film to date. However, I'm a little worried about Spider-Man oversaturation. On the one hand there, you know, Spider-Man. We've seen Spider-Man in cartoons. There's been a Spider-Man cartoon on Saturday morning in one form or another ever since the first cartoon way back in 1967. So Spider-Man in animation, it's kind of been done. And But, you know, on the other hand, you know, it's from the guys who did the Lego movie. The Lego movie was funny, so you know... A Spider-Man animated film could actually be pretty funny, which is good. The humor of Spider-Man has long been one of Spider-Man's hallmarks with the quips he throws at the villains as he's punching them and stuff like that, so I could see them really capturing that aspect of Spider-Man. But at the end of the day, two competing Spider-Man franchises, that gives me pause for concern. You're listening to Mark Capus. Are you like a crazy person? I'm quite sure they will say so. On U62, The Targ. So I finished binging on Daredevil on Netflix. Oh my god, Daredevil is so good, you guys. It is so much better than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when it comes to Marvel's television properties. Why? Because these are actually characters I care about. I'm sorry, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I give it every second chance I got, but the characters remain so bland, I can't get wrapped up in their struggles, but on Daredevil, you actually care for Matt Murdock, you actually care for Karen Page's struggles, and Vincent D'Onofrio is the Kingpin, he is so amazing, well we knew he was going to be amazing because D'Onofrio is an amazing actor, but he portrays Kingpin, how can I describe his portrayal of Kingpin? When Bruce Timm was creating Superman the Animated theory Series, uh, his portrayal of Lex Luthor, he patterned Lex Luthor on James Bond's archenemy Blofeld. He described him as a cultured thug. Wilson Fisk is like that in Daredevil. He's a cultured thug, but he's trying very, very hard to suppress the thug and be cultured. And as such, he's this simmering pot of rage that could boil over at any moment. It is Fantastic. And Charlie Cox's Daredevil, starting out his superhero career, you can tell he's a guy who's just a little bit over his head, but he really wants to do the right thing. It's just so good. The plot's good, the characters are good, the acting is good, Daredevil is just fantastic. I got high hopes for the rest of the Netflix Marvel TV shows that are coming along. Next up is going to be Jessica Jones, which should be out in the fall. Yeah, I was reading about that. You know, a lot of people I know, they're like, Who's Jessica Jones? I don't know who Jessica Jones is. Jessica Jones is one of the newer heroes in the Marvel Universe. Uh, She was created about 10, 15 years ago by Brian Michael Bendis when he was the hottest name in comics, and it was kind of his pet project and a critical darling at Marvel in the early 2000s. Jessica Jones was a classmate of Peter Parker's, and at that same science field trip where Peter Parker was bitten by a radioactive spider, Jessica Jones was hit with a burst of radiation, and this gave her super strength, Uh, invulnerability and flight, if I remember right. But she didn't fly that much because she never figured it out. So she embarked on a brief superhero career as a superhero named Jewel, but she was quickly captured by Daredevil archenemy the Purple Man, who used his mind-control abilities to turn Jessica Jones into his hench-wench. So then, Purple Man got a little too cocky, sent his hench-wench Jessica Jones to try and take down Daredevil, but uh, she accidentally attacked the Avengers instead. The Avengers figured out what was going on, nursed her back to health, broke the mind control, but needless to say the whole experience gave her some PTSD so she decided to give up being a superhero and instead became a private detective because she still wanted to help people. And that's the secret origin of Jessica Jones and that's going to be the next Marvel show coming out this fall. So that's going to be awesome. Then after that it's going to be Luke Cage, then after that it's going to be Iron Fist and then they all team up for the Defenders. It's good times ahead and if Daredevil is any indication, it's all going to be good you guys. You're listening to Mark Kappas. That young man fills me with hope and some other emotions that are weird and deeply confusing me. On U62, The Targ. Hey, last week I never got to talk about some of the big news at West Edmonton Mall that I wanted to share. They're bringing back the whale! Yes, you might remember, uh, West Edmonton Mall used to have that whale statue slash fountain. Looked like a whale surfacing, you could crawl inside, it was awesome. It used to be in front of where Victoria's Secret currently is in the mall. But when Victoria's Secret came along, they said... Hey, can we have that space? We want to create a waiting area for all the bored husbands and boyfriends. So the whale was put into storage uh, about five years ago. And I remember about two years ago, I actually sent an email to West Edmonton Mall saying, Hey, you guys said we're go- you were going to bring it back. When are you bringing it back? And West Edmonton Mall's response to me was, we're still working on it. I actually blogged about that, and that became one of my most viewed blog entries ever. I think what really helped was uh, one of my buddies who worked at a big city radio station in Edmonton. He read that, he linked to it, and he did a bit about it on his show one afternoon. So if he's listening to this podcast, and I know he listens, West Edmonton Mall is finally bringing it back. Uh, They're moving it over to Phase 1. It's going to be in front of Eaton's now. Well, You can tell I'm dating myself, not Eaton's, Sears is going to be in front of Sears. And uh, yeah, they haven't like figured it out yet. They just kind of hauled the two pieces out of storage and it's just sitting in front of Sears right now. No word yet on whether they're going to actually rebuild the fountain and really recreate it or just uh, put it there so people can crawl inside it again. They say it's going to be the centerpiece of a new exhibit. So I actually haven't been to West Edmonton Mall like over a month. There haven't been any movies out I wanted to go see, no shopping or new Blu-rays I wanted to pick up, so yeah, I haven't been to West Dead in a while, but you know, with Avengers coming out in a couple of weeks, you know I'm going to be going to the mall to see that, and I will probably be buying some new Blu-rays, because I can't help myself whenever I go to HMV, and I'll be Instagramming some pics of the whale. Everything's better with Mark Tappas. Crime has gone down, productivity is up, and ratings for Doctor Who are through the roof. We're Kappa's on U62, the Targ. And now it's time for the song of the show. I kind of don't want to do a song of the show this week. I was listening to a buddy's podcast, the same one I was talking about earlier, who did the bit about the whale. And on his podcast, he was actually talking about my podcast. He's like, "Oh yeah, it's so awesome." He talks about movies. I love when he talks about movies. He's so passionate about movies. But I don't like the music he picks. He loves Weird Al, he plays a lot of Weird Al, he even played Cletus T. Judd. Uh, Yeah, I know. I got some weird music choices. I mean, that's why I chose the name Chaos in a Box for my original college radio show, right? I knew my musical tastes were going to be all over the map and it would be pure chaos. Chaos in a box. Uh, But you know what, as depressed and as down as I was about that, you know, this is my podcast. I can do whatever the hell I want on this show, so I'm going to keep playing whatever I want. And that's why I'm going to save the song of the show for like near the end of the podcast. So that way, if you don't like the music, you can just hit stop and move on with your life but you know this podcast kinda of fills the same void that I had when I did the college radio show coming up on 20 years ago whenever I bought a new CD I was like I can't wait to share this with my listeners and I still have that attitude doing this podcast whenever I discover some new music one of my first thoughts is I can't wait to share this with my listeners so if you don't like it screw you lots of other podcasts out there but until then I'm gonna play whatever I want. We want. Bella Thorne, call it whatever on U62, the Targ. Okay, I kind of chose that song this week because I was still miffed about what my buddy said on his podcast. So I decided to choose one of the most annoying songs I know. Uh, Family Channel is a guilty pleasure of mine. I'm always watching those Disney Channel sitcoms. Bella Thorne is a Disney kid. And when I heard her sing that song, like her debut single, I was like, this is the most annoying Disney kid song I've ever heard. So yes, I will admit, I largely chose it this week just to annoy you. I've accepted that I have crazy musical choices, but sometimes it pays off. I mean, again, going back to my college radio show, the second one I did when I was going to Nate, Again, I picked up the reputation for having the weird music choices. Uh, Again, how they do things at Nate when they're teaching how to do radio. Nate has their own radio station, NR92. You can listen to them streaming online. There are certain hours of the day where we have to be like real and do things like a real radio station. And then we can do individual shows after hours where we can do whatever we want. So, of course, I had an after hours show, Chaos in a Box 2.0. And I'll never forget this one night I was doing my show, I played the songs, put on a long song so I could run out and use a bathroom. I ran out of the control room and I ran into one of my classmates in the hallway. This classmate of mine he was always very highly critical of you know most of our classmates, and so he was glaring at me. I knew he had a strong opinion of what I was doing on my after hours show, so I was bracing myself for it, and he pointed at me and said, Only you, Kappas, only you would play the Robot Hell song from Futurama back-to-back with Set Me Free by Velvet Revolver. And his eyes narrowed a little bit, and he looked at me real close and said, But God damn it, it works. So there you go. Uh, That buddy of mine, uh, The Critical One, he also does a podcast now. I highly recommend you check it out. It's called The Off-Mic Podcast. He interviews Canadian radio professionals. It's a very interesting peek at uh, radio life. And uh, episode 10 is a particular favorite of mine. That's the one I did. So, but you know what? I'm about all rambled out. So I think that'll do it for this week's show. I'm just looking at my calendar for May. It's getting be to be about time for my summer hiatus where my weekends all fill up with live on locations in my day job and I don't have very much podcasting time anymore. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's kind of a cheat because I've only been back and doing this for like uh, two or three months now, right? But we'll see. We'll play it by ear If you find some long gaps coming up in the future between episodes, you know what's going on. It means my day job has gotten very busy. But until then, I have you, you have this podcast, we have each other, and we have a beautiful day. So put this in your iPod or your favorite podcast listening to device and go outside and enjoy the sunshine. I'm Mark Kappas. This has been The Targ. I will see you next week. And this brings us to the end of another exciting episode of The Targ. Don't forget you can download a new episode of The Targ every week at chaosinabox.com. The Targ is written and produced by Mark Kappas under the watchful eye of 42 Star Wars action figures. The Targ is a Chaos in a Box production.